0: Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says, podcast number six, The Law of Primogeniture. <laughs> Boy, now, that is a mouthful, isn't it? Primogeniture. Who ever heard of that word? Well, it used to be a very common word, and all of our colonists knew all about it. The <laughs> Fact is, we've lost a lot of words that used to be very common that America has forgotten. Important words. Words like Georgic, a liber education, and providence. Well, some of you may have heard of the word providence, but but I'll bet my top hat you don't know what it was when George Washington or Thomas Jefferson knew about it, or all of the rest of those colonists for that matter. Well, that is some of what the truth is that AmericanTruthRestored.com teaches. Go join them. AmericanTruthRestored.com. It's absolutely free and, and you'll learn a ton. Oh, and they don't keep begging you for a donation either. It's, it's just free. Okay, first things first. Here is podcast number six, The Law of Primogeniture. Hello, America. It's time to listen. To listen to Uncle Sam Says. America's in real trouble today, and those people over at American Truth Restored have asked me to help them restore America to its greatness. Of course, I agreed. I love telling stories. Telling stories about the great founders of America. That's how I do my best teaching. But you need to understand that you can't restore anything unless you know how it was to begin with. And that's my job. I teach how America was to begin with so that we can do it again. And we can do it again. I teach Americanism, capitalism, and self-reliance. Now, Americanism is learning all about the 28 God-given principles of freedom protected by our great Constitution. Capitalism, that's the application of those 28 principles of freedom to create both personal and national wealth. Self-reliance... Well, self-reliance is that Yankee spirit of looking out for yourself and those you love rather than depending on the government to do it for (laughs) you. Okay, well, today we're starting out on kind of a sad note. Look at this. And guys, this makes me so sad. I can hardly believe that we would do this in America, but here we go. 1962, that's when they took prayer out of schools. 1962 is also the year that marks the beginning of the decline of American morality in almost every measurable area premarital sex, teen pregnancy, birth rate for unwed girls, divorce, quality of education, SAT scores, violent crime, alcohol consumption, sexually transmitted diseases, child abuse, sexual abuse of children, student suicide, school dropouts, unmarried couples living together, adultery, single parent household, etc., etc. Guys, the charts of all of these things make a very distinct change right at 1962. The change is very dramatic. Now, in private schools where prayer is still allowed, those charts and graphs continued just like they were before 1962. Folks, I hope you can see the difference in America today. The more government tries to control your lives, the less creativity and personal drive there is. If the government promises to do things for you, why should you try to do for yourself? And there it is. That's it. Folks, you got to trim your government back, way back. Nope, a lot further than that. You got to take your government right back to staying clear out of your personal lives if you want to get back that great dynamic America we once knew. Now, the Supreme Court in Engel versus Vitale ruled that prayer in its public school system breaches the constitutional wall of separation between church and state. This changed everything. It took God out of our government. And God was always part of America. Not only did this ruling jerk prayer right out of our schools, but it was a, an abrupt change in the way the Supreme Court had ruled from its beginning the Supreme Court justices undertook to change the Constitution from the intent of the Founding Fathers. (sighs) Okay, enough of all this preamble stuff. Let's get on with the stories. These stories have got to be told. The truth about the Founding Fathers and other American heroes must be reestablished in the very fabric of American life. And your children will love it. And thank you for it. These are true stories, the truth. Not the pap and drivel that your children are forced to watch and listen to for hour after hour from your televisions and radios and movies. I know the youth of this nation because I know the strength of their fathers and mothers. They're the same blood. These are the children that the great God has reserved to come forth in these last days to live in this great land. They have a purpose. They have a calling. And listening to the true stories of their forefathers will light a candle in their soul to illuminate their destiny in their minds. Let them hear the truth and they'll rally. Let them learn the principles of true freedom that their forefathers were willing to fight and die for and they will never be deceived. They will recognize the truth and will never fall for this government owes us a living garbage that's being fed to us today. These youth are the hope of this land and it is to them I speak today. Oh, well, I I do get carried away sometimes, but what I said is true. (laughs) I wish old George could have heard that last little bit I said. Why, he'd have been nodding his head in approval and probably risen to his feet and applauded when I finished. (laughs) You know, the only pictures we have of him is in fancy clothes and powdered hair. Well, he learned to put up with that, too, but his love was for the earth and for good hard labor. That was the ethic of the time if you were rich you could play but George wasn't rich most folks think that George was just a rich plantation owner that happened to get picked up as a general well that may have been how they did it in England but that's not how it happened for George at least not at first you see he wasn't even rich oh he was born into a rich plantation family all right Uh, but you see George wasn't the oldest son and that meant a lot back then his father, old Augustine Washington, was indeed a rich man. But that didn't mean all his kids became rich, no siree. Not by a long shot. You see, they had a custom back then. They called it the law of primogeniture. Primogeniture. That meant that the best of everything went to the oldest kid. And if you weren't the oldest kid, you didn't get it. So. The oldest sons got the best education and the bulk of the land inheritance. Well, George's two older brothers, they were sent to Appleby's School in London. And the oldest, that was Lawrence, he studied there for seven years. The next oldest son, that was Austin, he didn't study that long, but he did study long enough to carry on the family name with Grace, <laughs> if Lawrence should die. When their dad died at age 49, the inheritance went like this. Lawrence, he being the oldest, he got the largest piece of ground, 2,500 acres. Austin got the next largest piece, and George, being the third in line, only got 280 acres. (laughs) The next brothers and sisters even got smaller portions. Let's see, that was uh, Sam, Jack, Charles, and Betty. Well now, 280 acres. That wasn't nearly enough to satisfy George's ambitions. In fact, he never even laid claim to the land until after his mother died, and that was after he was President of the United States. Now, you've got to understand this. He wasn't really poor. I mean, 280 acres was enough to get by on, but but George was raised on a large plantation and he was determined to have one of his own. And since he had no inheritance, or formal education, he figured the best way for him to do that was for him to become a licensed surveyor. He was very mature for his age, and when only 16 years old, a rich friend of his, George William Fairfax, invited young George along on a surveying trip to the Shenandoah Valley in western Virginia, uh, the Virginia colony at that time. George William Fairfax was visiting from England. He was visiting his five million acres in Virginia, and he fell in love with it. He decided to stay and develop his holdings. He had to have it surveyed so that he could start charging rent to the squatters who were already living on his land. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening again, folks. I sure hope you enjoy these sessions as much as I do. Folks, we've got to teach Americans who they are and what it really means to be an American. You can't restore America unless you know what America used to be and what made America great. Please help bring more people to these lessons. Your founding fathers pledged their fortunes as well as their sacred honor. I'm going to teach a lot more about capitalism, too, and you can start by telling your friends about joining us. Until tomorrow, remember... You are learning the truth, speak with boldness, and keep your powder dry.